You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Welcome to Technipoint, where we talk about video games, social media, and tech-related topics so that you can learn the insight and our thought about the current developments of IT scene. Joining with me is Snuff Games and our producer, Kat. Hello, thank you for having me, buddy. Hello, everyone. Hi. And today we are going to talk about devices that have really cool features, but nobody actually knows how to use it. I own PlayStation 4, and not a lot of games actually use the touchpad. Like, in the controller itself for DualShock 4, there is the touchpad where you can actually swipe it or do kind of like cool things. There are a lot of games that actually utilize the touchpad. The only games that actually utilize this touchpad that I can think of is FIFA? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, actually FIFA is one of those very few games that actually do use the touchpad. You can combine the touchpad with some of your skills when you're trying to run through the field. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think Astro's Playhouse is the other one that uses the touchpad to kind of teach you a little bit about the controller as well, right? Yeah, that's the reason why I believe that when it comes to like DualShock 4 controllers, it was really underutilized. And I hope that for DualShock 5 right now, I hope that developers actually use that technology adaptive triggers for example yeah speaking of like the adaptive trigger specifically like I think I spoke about this in great length in an earlier episode but I'm going to remind everybody the adaptive triggers are genuinely unique it's kind of like a bit of an advancement in the tech industry because these triggers allow you to specifically map the amount of force that you're using with your hands Mm -hmm. and something like this sounds great in a video game right but let's talk about actually diving right into virtual reality itself Mm. if you had two adaptive controllers in either of your hands and they were able to measure the force that was being output by both hands, right? Mm-hmm. When you were in the game, you could legitimately pick up an item just by using those adaptive triggers on both your hands. Yes. And you could also crush a can from using those adaptive triggers because of how much force they measure when you output your hand movement, for example. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like that kind of like technology, I have to give props to Steam because they make their own uh, VR headsets where it actually tracks each individual hands. The only problem is that tracking can be a little bit finicky. But overall, if you play Half-Life Alex, which is also produced by Steam, it actually showcase the potential of the headset itself. So for example, when you pick up a bullet, for example, you can you actually have to uh, fill in the magazine, each individual bullets with your fingers. In comparison to the HTC Vive where it's just two circular things that you're holding onto that don't actually do anything. That's true. But one of the really interesting games, people can actually exercise with VR playing Beat Saber, for example. And Beat Saber is actually a pretty fun game. Oh, actually, that reminds me of Wii Sports. Oh, yes. Now, if the Wii mode actually had something like adaptive triggers, right? Mm-hmm. I genuinely think some of the sports might have felt a little bit more fun. You ever play Wii Tennis and you move the Wii mode slightly and your character swings the racket yeah. 180 yeah. degrees? Like maybe if you had an adaptive trigger there, Nintendo, I wouldn't be flinging my racket everywhere all the time. Yeah. In the beginning, I was very like gung-ho. I was like swinging my arm to the max and then I realized just a flick of the wrist would do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never realized that too. I might have injured my arm doing something silly like that once. Speaking of Nintendo, when it comes to like Switch, they have this HD rumble. I believe not a lot of games also utilize that features as well I feel pretty bad for all engineers who actually want to push this technology imagine the engineer behind something like this years and years of thought and process and engineering goes into something like the rumble in the Nintendo Switch controller right mm-hmm. and guess what I've seen it being used for they use it to measure the number of balls in a box yeah. you get to move the controller around and try to figure out how many balls are inside that box mm-hmm. that, so, that's all your technology is being used for yeah that's actually really good for puzzle games but when it comes to like other games I think 
that there is another way for the developers actually going to implement the HD Rumble Arena. When it comes to like VR headsets, people want to, you know, like communicating with other people as well. I believe that VR chat is actually a really good place for people to communicate. I wish that the VR scene itself is much more accessible to a lot of people because VR has is actually pretty expensive. Actually, not just the headsets are expensive. Now, since US specs, do the VR headsets accommodate for your specs? Uh-huh. Thank you for asking that. That's not many things that people take into consideration. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the VR headset creators themselves don't take that into consideration because no, it's impossible to wear a VR headset. I mean, headset. it's ironic because I would think a lot of gamers wear spectacles. Oh yeah. I wear big, chunky block spectacles and it is impossible to put on a pair of VR headsets because my glasses and the actual VR screen itself are pressed right up against each other. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, a lot of like these engineers actually took notes of this issue. So a lot of VR headsets actually accommodate for people who are actually wearing glasses. So um, props to them actually. I think that's actually the early version of VR that a lot of people actually Yeah, facing. I do have to state my experience with VR has been very rudimentary. I've only ever used the Oculus Rift when it came out as well as the HTC Vive when it came out. Yeah, and I believe when it comes to like VR, there's much more things that the developers actually can do when it comes to like VR technologies. How likely do you think it is that VR would kind of be a household technology? That's the thing. I think with this new age of working from home and waking up and taking your meetings from your desk in your room and all that kind of good stuff, I actually think there is a place in the future where you get up, you put on your VR headset and boom, you're at your Monday morning 9am meeting. There is definitely a place for it but it's still very young in its inception because let's be frank, VR has not been around for that long as well. It's, yeah. it's within the last decade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to be wearing like a VR headset and seeing all my clients or my managers and my boss like in person. I think that's a really cool way to work from home. Now speaking of other kinds of technology that's underutilized, let's talk about iPhone with its IR sensor and all the fancy cool tech inside the iPhone 10 and above. I think one of the really underutilized technologies in iPhone is the IR capabilities. What do you think of the development or the usage of IR technology in iPhones? So the infrared tech that's been packed into all the iPhones like IMA and um, it's going to sound really lame. I use the infrared tech to actually map the Memojis to my face. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like something that's really fun but it gets a little frustrating sometimes because sometimes the Memoji characters in the phone aren't actually responding the way you are in real life. And I think that's kind of down to like the actual individual infrared sensor in your phone not working correctly. Right. When I switch from the 10 to the 12 which I'm using right now the experience is very different. The movement of the characters feel very crispy. It feels like it's literally an emoji mapped on top of your face. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like IR or infrared it basically maps every single part of your face the depth, the shallow even the texture of your face and it basically tracks your entire face. It's one of the technologies that I really want to talk about because it's actually part of things that I was looking forward to. Virtual YouTubing. When it comes to like virtual YouTubing it's basically you doing YouTube or live streaming but you're using your own avatar. There are a couple of different kind of ways that you can actually go for virtual YouTubing. If you guys want to check out my avatar it's basically me but with a cat tail and cat ears. So when it comes to like virtual avatar I would love to have iPhone 10 so that I can actually track my avatar much more clear. Don't get me wrong you can use your webcam but the accuracy in iPhone 10 is actually pretty good in order for me to convey exactly my expressions. So would you say as a virtual YouTuber or virtual content creator Mm -hmm. the iPhone is actually really good for streaming? Yeah the iPhone is actually pretty good for streaming not only for the IR sensor itself but also the cameras. If you don't have a really good gear or cameras you can actually use your phone and that's basically what the industry has been pushing throughout this whole year. Why is the megapixel for Samsung S20 
21 is 108 uh, it's, it's something some blasphemous number like 108 megapixels and the worst part is that's not even the worst claim that tech giants have made mm-hmm. some phone producers in the past have reported numbers as high as like 150 megapixels like mm-hmm. on a Huawei phone for example they are reporting the fact that you can zoom into the face of the moon phones are relatively high tech these days and i think what you just said can attest to that with the rise of tiktok as well as a bunch of social media platforms that produce their own form of content right we've seen some really really nice videos and nice like digital content made via the use of just phones definitely like the phone that you're holding in your hand right now on the phone that's in your pocket right now actually has the potential to create some really high definition videos the newer iPhones come with stability control as well as they come with color saturation accuracy they come with a whole bunch of works that just make it really easy for anybody to go up pick out a phone and use that to produce a video mm-hmm. so i think that when it comes to like all these technologies that is underutilized i don't want to leave out nfc so nfc is stands for near field communication so basically it uses a low power electricity in order for you to transmit imagine bluetooth by tapping imagine touch and go with your phone i don't understand why people would prefer qr code yeah I, I, i don't understand how qr code became such a big thing here like i get the whole e wallet push on using qr codes right mm-hmm. but in its actuality the nfc technology to do stuff like this has been around since 2010 yeah imagine instead of every time you go into 711 you need to scan a qr code and then take your temperature and then write your name in a book mm-hmm. all you need to do is just tap the back of your phone to a little receiver that 711 puts at the front of their door that basically equates to you logging into my sajatra scanning the qr code and you saying that you're actually physically present at the location exactly and it's done in like 5 seconds instead of like have you seen people that genuinely struggle to scan the qr code sometimes i have like my mom struggles to scan the qr code sometimes because she just can't get it within the square box exactly and i think a lot of people suffer that problem too instead i'd rather just take a phone tap somewhere and you're done mm-hmm. are there any countries that already utilize nfc there is in the us there is android pay as well as apple pay so when it comes to like android pay you do need nfc i believe two or three years back uh, that's when android pay actually took off really seriously in the us and a lot of merchants actually use android pay in fact uh, way back in the days grab actually tried to put android pay and apple pay in their mobile apps unfortunately they have to cancel out because you know all the regulation technically speaking android pay and apple pay is not really supported in malaysia so it's a really novel concept so like the great granddaddy of nfc for the most part nfc has been introduced in android phones for a very long time mm-hmm. i remember the xiaomi mi 3 was one of the first phones that was out in 2013 if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and it was one of the first few phones that had nfc with a lot of actual uses now if you worked for xiaomi in china and you had your regular company xiaomi phone you no longer needed to carry a pass to enter work all you needed to do was walk to your door and tap your phone on the receiver at the door and the door would open because the phone automatically has a pass inside of it that recognizes this receiver at the door so when it comes to the nfc i want to see a app where you can basically tap each other's phone and transmit a business card bluetooth is not really that accurate bluetooth is a little too finicky to like kind of press around to do stuff yeah, you know? like, imagine just yeah. tapping something who needs to actually physically push a button anymore right yeah exactly sony headset actually have nfc pairing you just tap and then it will automatically recognize recognize that okay this is this phone and what it does is basically going to pair using bluetooth so it's basically an easy way to pair or easy way to sharing information so it still connects via bluetooth yeah to pair using nfc just be honest how many times you try to connect your bluetooth devices like really accurately 100% uh, times uh, try and fail like maybe 100 times and mm-hmm. then try and succeed maybe once yeah. like maybe once or twice like one of those rare situations really? you know my bluetooth is not that bad the my moment i get into has been my horrible. car my phone connects to my bluetooth I have AirPods. Just put them on. They connect via Bluetooth. 
I mean, I leave my Bluetooth on my phone on. Although to be time. fair, Apple does run a little bit differently because Apple runs on a specific like band entirely. Like the A series Bionic chips <laughs> have like seamless communication. I know for a fact AirPods. As soon as you open up the AirPods case, it automatically connects to the nearest iPhone. And it's very cool. Yeah, it's a very seamless very connection. Seamless connection. But don't forget, as the consumer, you're actually paying for that chip that goes in the AirPods to that to have that experience. You're paying for that premium experience. Mm-hmm. What Aiden actually wants to talk about here is the fact that NFC is readily available in almost every device we have right now, but mm-hmm. it's completely underutilized. Mm-hmm. Back to the idea of transmitting business cards by tapping your phone. Mm-hmm. I give a business card to someone at a business meeting these days. You know where I find it? I find yeah. it in the garbage can outside the meeting room. Because business cards yeah. are pointless. You have your phones that take a picture of it and that's the end of the use of that card. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to hit as many markets as possible. So we want to save paper here too, you know. And NFC presents itself as a really, really simple solution to mm-hmm. something that irritating. Not only that, like once you tap and gather the business card, you can actually sort it by companies, you can sort it by names and then you can proceed sending emails or maybe make a call. You just tap on your e-business card. That idea is really cool. I don't know why any developers don't do that. Calling all Malaysian developers. Come. Here are your business ideas. Yeah, this is, your, <laughs> this is free business ideas, free tactics for you. Yeah, here's how to become a billionaire. Just figure out how to make NFC transmit business cards. I assure you, 99% of all the businessmen in Malaysia whose wallets and backpacks are overflowing with business cards will love you for it. Exactly. Speaking of NFC, MallPay actually utilizes the usage of NFC where you just tap your bank cards and then you automatically captures all your bank information and basically do all the transactions. Yeah, imagine using an e-wallet where you needed to scan a QR code. Instead, you could just use your phone and tap for payment as well. Yeah. Ben Negara Malaysia needs to do some regulation when it comes to NFC. But uh, uncharted waters at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's really uncharted water. But I believe that if Ben Negara make a really good regulation when it comes to Android Pay or the payment using NFC, we are going to eliminate QR code entirely. All these technologies are basically underutilized. If you are developers, I hope that you have some ideas of what you want to do with the devices or the hardware that you want to use to the maximum capacities. I hope that you guys got a little bit of insight. Maybe you have some ideas. Develop it. Maybe your idea is going to took off. This is Zero Aiden and you can find me as Navs Games on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube as well as Instagram. Mine is twitch.tv slash zero underscore Aiden and as always, I'll see you guys next time. Till then, to you.